everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily, continuing the day with an update from Nucor Gold. They do trade on the venture with NCAU and on the OTCQX with NCAUF. Uh, typically in these conversations with Nucor, we get to hear from CEO Luke Alexander, but we're going to switch that up today and have a discussion with uh, the head of exploration there for the company, Mr. Greg Smith. Greg, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Great to be back. Yeah, uh, we're going to kind of jump in. And I know we had a kind of a year end wrap uh, later in December with Luke not too long ago. But I kind of wanted to dive in a little bit and kind of get your perspective as the head of exploration and de-risking. I guess you could say maybe head of de-risking here for <laughs> for the NG Gold Project in 2023. There was a lot of metallurgical test work done. Uh, for the project uh, the last year. And maybe we could take a little bit deeper of a dive and talk about the geology of Enchi. You know, maybe what's uh, not new within the Bibiani belt, maybe some things that maybe are new and, and, and intriguing, and just kind of get a general sense of what you're seeing there on the ground. Uh, so let's get that 30,000-foot view of, you know, the geology of Enchi and, and things that uh, maybe are not surprising. What Are you seeing everything you're expecting to see? Yeah, absolutely. We've had a, a really successful uh, exploration program here over the last few years. You know, we've uh, drilled uh, over 90,000 meters. We've put out, uh, I think it's at least a couple of dozen news releases with a whole set of results. We put up a, an updated resource estimate last year, which included our first uh, indicated resource of 745,000 ounces, uh, additional inferred of, of over uh, 970,000 ounces. So, you know, we're Got an endowment now of uh, 1.7 million ounces, and you know that's one thing about this this uh, this project and its location uh, uh, along the, the the belt is is you know there's a lot of large deposits here. You've you've got Bibiani, you've got Chirano at, at at five million plus. You've got a Hafo uh, a bit farther north that's uh, you know probably at 20 million ounces of endowment, and and obviously that's why we're here. Is is uh, you know, we believe the 40 kilometers of the trend that we have uh, covered by the uh, the Enchi Gold Project has uh, excellent potential to continue growing in size. Uh, but we're also really happy with the uh, the resource that we've outlined, and and thus we're heading uh, up the uh, the updated PEA that's underway now. And and uh, you know, to answer one of your questions there, uh, you know, what's different and, and what's surprising and, and what's not. Uh, I guess what's not is, is again, this is a real well-known belt and, and obviously Ghana's the largest gold producer in uh, in Africa and the sixth largest in the world because these deposits exist there. Uh, probably mm -hmm. one of the biggest differentiators we have at Enchi is, is we've got some really deep oxidation on our, on our two largest deposits of Boyne and Siume, which make up you know, over three quarters of, of that, uh, that that endowment of that mineral resource. And we've got oxidation there that goes, uh, you know, averages probably 60 or 70 meters vertically, goes to up, up to 100 meters vertically in some cases. And what that's given us is the ability to look at this as a, a you know, a run of mine, uh, free digging in the oxides, a heap leach operation. And and that is a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say unique, but but certainly a differentiator uh, from some of the other deposits, A, because some of them, of course, all the oxides have been mined decades ago, but B as well, especially compared to our neighbor at, at Chirano, you know, we've probably got uh, oxidation levels that are two or three times as, as, uh, as thick as they originally had there. So it really gives us that ability to look for 
you know, cheaper ways to mine this and, and cheaper ways to process it while still getting the recoveries that you want to get. And, and that's where all of this metallurgical work has been focused is, is you know, finding that sweet spot between finding a, a processing option that's as, uh, as, as cheap as possible because you want to spend as little upfront capital as possible and you want to keep the operating costs down. Uh, but you want to get a, a significant recovery, and that's what we've been seeing from all of this metallurgical work. Is you know plus 85, 9 plus 90 percent in this metallurgical work, which uh, is a real good economic level, especially again if we can keep the the operating and capital costs down. Yeah, so maybe let's take a, a deep dive into some of this metallurgical test work. You know, back in the fall, there was results from column test work for CUM and Boy, and there's also bulk scale pilot heap tests uh, at Enchi as well. That came back in late November. And I don't know if we've ever actually done an episode on kind of somewhat of a, you know, kind of a, a big view at. Uh, metallurgical test work. And so maybe we can do that with you, Greg, but kind of talk about the differences of this test work, how they are applicable to Enchi and, you know, how they continue to add value for not only the project, but for shareholders. Yeah. So as, as we continue to, to advance the project, and, and again, we've mentioned the, the de-risking and there's a, you know, a dozen things or several dozen <laughs> that go into that. But, um, you know, once you have a, a resource of, of a significant size, like we do now, then you know, having the gold in the ground isn't enough, obviously. You need to know that you can economically extract it and, and, and get a, a production level that's uh, significant enough in, in terms of the capital that you're going to be investing. And, and metallurgy is just a, a huge portion of, of, of that de-risking and, and knowing, you know, how you're actually going to design, build and, and operate a, a project like this. As I mentioned, we've got the, the oxide and, and transition component, which are, you know, softer and, and metallurgically speaking, very uh, amenable to direct cyanidation. So that gives us the heap leach as, a, as an option. We can always put that material through a mill as well. But uh, again, keeping the capital costs down and the operating costs down, the heap leach scenario is, is really advantageous. And with metallurgy, again, there's a lot of moving pieces, but basically you want to First and foremost, get representative samples of, of, of your deposits. So uh, again, we focused our metallurgy, which is almost 400 samples now, uh, uh, you know, plus 90% of that done in the last few years as, as we've been doing all of this drilling and, and additional work. So you want to you want to focus on on representative material. So obviously you can't take a, a a metallurgical sample every single meter or every single inch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know you're, you're taking samples and you're, you're you're looking for samples that are representative of the larger deposits and and that was a, you know in terms of average grade and in terms of the lithologies you're looking at and then for us probably most importantly in terms of the three different material types we're dealing with the oxide the transition material and the and the fresh rock which is which is deeper so you want to a do as many tests as you can to 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 get you know it, it's kind of like drilling holes and taking samples from an exploration standpoint and doing a mineral resource estimate you want as many samples as you can so you can take all of those averages and then be comfortable with the averages cuz all of these numbers that we report tend to be averages of multiple samples so the columns you mentioned there was five tests there the pilot heaps we mm -hmm. did two uh, test there and, and, and again you tend to report the average values because that's what you want is you want to understand what you're going to get from the whole deposit not just from the individual samples and that is the 
you know, really the goal is, is we've done a lot of bottle rolls, so you do those, those are, are, are quicker and cheaper and use smaller samples, so you can do hundreds of those across all of the deposits. You've mentioned the column tests, we, we've now got dozens of those, so those take larger samples of, of, you know, 20 to 40 to 60 kilograms, and those are, are again, more representative of the, of the you know, they're, they're sitting in the columns, they're, they're, they're getting the cyanide solution put on them so they're more representative of the the actual processing option that we're looking at and then of course the pilot heaps which are 15 ton samples each these are are actually sitting in in in, in areas that have been prepared basically using the similar parameters to what an actual heap leach is going to be using they're they're sitting out there in the environment they're they're going for for 60 to 90 days which is sort of the leach cycle that you would expect on a on mm -hmm. a heap leach so you're doing those two things in 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 concert you're 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 getting as many samples as you can and then you're advancing with bigger and 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 more representative samples such that you just get a, a greater comfort level that the proposed heap leach processing method is 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 is, uh, is optimized. This uh, this metallurgical test work has most of it been done on boring and cium. Have any of the other deposits received uh, much test work? Yeah, uh, most of it has been on boring and cium. Uh, again, like I say, they make up more than two thirds or three quarters, right. sorry, of, of the overall mineral resource. Um, but yeah, we, we've got column tests at uh, at NIAM and column tests at Quachi Croom, our, our next two largest deposits. We've got multiple bottle rolls at both of those as well. And then just a, a couple of bottle rolls on our newest deposit uh, at Tokaseya. So it's the smallest. We haven't done a lot of work there, but it's uh, really an, just an ox majority oxide deposit at this point. So we're quite comfortable with the metallurgy there. We've just, as I said, done a few bottle rolls there. But uh, yes, we've done some advanced testing on NIAM and, and Quachi Croom as well. Okay, but did you see any variables with those other three deposits that obviously still need to be drilled and developed a little bit more, brought up to scale? But any variables there on the on the recoveries? No, the the geology is quite consistent between all of the deposits. So again, these are structurally controlled deposits within the volcanics and sediments and minor intrusive rocks that we're dealing with. Uh, gold is associated with quartz vein primarily, uh, which, which sort of stands up within the oxide. So you get you know, all of this oxidized soft material that encompasses the quartz veins. And a lot of the gold actually tends to be on the on the contacts of these quartz veins with the host rocks. So again, in the process of oxidizing, uh, you know, that, that in and of itself liberates the, some of the gold. That's why you see a lot of those small miners working out there. And, you know, they're able to recover gold just by, by, by washing this stuff in a gold pan, right? So that kind of tells yeah, you that yeah. the gold has been liberated. It's free gold. And, and Probably one of the you know the bigger challenges when we're doing the metallurgical work we we get the you know excellent recoveries almost across the board as I said plus 85 plus 90 percent it it tends to be you know how we're going to deal with some of this softer material and and the agglomeration parameters that we're looking at how much cement we put into it such that you know you get that percolation of the uh, of the fluids of the cyanide solution through the heaps and and because if the cyanide can get to where the gold is it'll 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 recover it it'll put it into solution so probably you know one of the the other sets of tests beyond the recoveries that we do 
uh, are are looking at the consumption values of these consumers of the you know of the cyanide of the cement uh, that that we're using of the lime that we're using to control the pH and then looking at the percolation rates uh, in these columns uh, and we've actually got some additional work on that going on so again you want to optimize you know this all of those reagents cost money so you want to use enough cement especially in terms of the agglomeration that you're getting really good percolation rates that the solution is getting to all of this gold but you don't want to use too much because because then that's wasting money basically so a lot of right. optimization testing finding that 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 real you know nice sweet spot where you're, you're spending just enough to get your your maximum recoveries and, and really not wasting any additional uh, money on, on on consumables you know most of this test work's been done on on the oxide mineralization throughout Enchi and I know there is an opportunity uh, deeper with some the sulfide material it has already we know it's there you've drilled it and, and proven it's there how deep it goes uh, is yet to be seen you can only kind of be representative of what your neighbors up on the uh, up on the Bibiani have uh, drilled and, and mined for a number of years now but that's representative hopefully uh, with a drill program yet to come but obviously that comes with a different set of metallurgical test work as well. You know, what is the company, what is Nucor kind of thinking in regards to, uh, uh, you know, testing that that sulfide material and the recoveries on the sulfide? Is that something that's in kind of your thinking, yep. no, you're thinking we, of in front of you? Yeah, we, okay. we've advanced on that a, a bit. I'll, I'll, I'll just jump in and say, you know, we, a lot of the testing that we've done does include transitional material as well. So okay. uh, in, in terms, we drilled a couple of specific holes for metallurgical samples and, and that went deep enough that uh, it those two holes, one at Boyne and one at Seum, included some transitional material uh, mineralized as well. So uh, actually a lot of our columns have been either 50-50 or, or even in some cases 80-20 uh, transition and, and oxide. It's the, the latest stuff where we've taken material from trenches and that of course isn't getting into the transition material. So these last two news releases, yes, the columns that you mentioned and the, the bulk sample 15 ton samples from trenches, those were fully oxidized. But a lot of the other uh, couple of dozen uh, uh, columns that we've done have included transition material as well. So, And then to jump to the sulfides, we did announce... Uh, um, when was it? Back in August it was the, the, the last sort of news release we had with some uh, new drill results and that was from NIAM. So that is the area where we've done the most uh, slightly deeper drilling in the upper portion of the sulfide zones. That's where we've had some really good success at, at getting some nice uh, high grade intervals. In that, in that news release we, uh, you know, we had uh, 6, 6.6 grams over 4 meters, we had uh, 2.1 over 17 meters, So, and there were a number of, of intercepts there in that sort of 2 to 6 uh, gram per ton range over, you know, 5 to 10 meters. So good mineable widths, good underground uh, or, or, you know, deeper sulfide grades. And along with that, we did do a, a set of, of optimized bottle rolls on that sulfide material. And, uh, and actually, you know, 14 composite samples that represented, I think, almost 80 individual samples from those five drill holes. So uh, over 200 kilograms of material that we tested from the sulfide zone. Uh, and that gave us 92% recovery. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a, we had done some bottle rolls on, on some sulfide stuff from the RC uh, work, that the drilling that we had done. But this was sort of the first comprehensive test at really looking at 
optimizing, and, and optimizing in this case meant some additional grinding, the inclusion of some, some oxygen within the circuit to help the, uh, the reaction along, just normal stuff that would be part of a, uh, any sort of actual commercial milling uh, scenario. So uh, again, with those samples, uh, over 200 kilograms of material, we got 92% recovery that you know, ranged from 83 to 98. So again, you know, everything's getting up into the 80s and, and into the high 90s for it. Uh, so that was from NIAM, uh, from the, the diamond drilling that we most recently did there. And now we've actually got a, a slightly larger program that we're doing on, on quartered core from, from Seum. So uh, we've okay. got uh, 20, 25 composite samples so based on over 100 uh, individual samples from the drill core. So uh, we're, we're actually advancing uh, that test work uh, on the sulfides at, at Seum now as well. And then we'll plan okay. to do the the next testing at, at Boeing. So yeah, it's, right. it's uh, you know, our focus, especially for the PEA is, is on the, the open pitable oxide and transition material, the heap leach scenario. But as you mentioned, you know, you, you look at our neighbors along the belt and, and where they were able to grow, you know, a, a one or two million ounce uh, resource into more than five is by following the higher grade portions of these or their deposits to depth. And we certainly see the same potential at Enchi. So so let's talk about that. Now that Luke's not in the room, so you and I can have a candid conversation about exploration. Greg, I mean, you and I have talked, you know, on conference floors about, you know, like as a shareholder of the company, like I would love it if you could test at depth. And I understand that the market for the la better part of the last year or two is is telling you not to, to not take those risks, but you can continue, you, you continue to de-risk and advance the project as best as you can despite the market volatility. So the market's telling you not to take that risk at depth. However, as a shareholder, I cannot wait for that time where the market says, go for it, Greg. Where are you going to test? Where's that first deep hole going to go? Where do you see it? Where's it going to go? And how deep can you do you want to go? Yeah, I, again, NIAM continues. You know, we did those those five holes, uh, which we announced uh, in, in 2023. And, and uh, you know, they, they all hit gold mineralization again you know 5 to 10 to 20 meters wide at you know 2 to 5 to 6 to 8 grams per ton so that's what you want and and really I, you know i think we we have talked about that area we we've presented it a number of times when we in the uh uh online webinars and stuff as well and what we really like about it is you know we're not picking and choosing drill holes there the areas that we've tested into the sulfides Basically, every single hole is hitting these grades and widths that you wanna you wanna hit, and that's how you're going to eventually build you know the the, the resource that you need there. So uh, you know you you don't want the one hit wonders. You want to be able to to, to mm -hmm. evaluate these areas and 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 be have some confidence that when you do go in there, you know not every hole is going to hit, but certainly uh, the the vast majority of them are going to have these grades and widths. And you know what what we see there at NIAM and 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 it's you know, it is pretty much uh, the norm along the belt is, is the, these things aren't really hidden. You know, where we're seeing the better grades in the, the oxide and transition material the, right next to surface and where the pits are being driven a little bit deeper is where we're seeing those better grades in the upper portion of the sulfide. So we can use all of this drilling that we've done to build this large uh, resource uh, in the oxides and the transition to guide us to, to where we're going to see these shoots. So, you know, you've got these structurally controlled deposits that go for several kilometers in the case of Boeing and Seum and, and even NIAM. And then along those, you've got these 
100 to 200 to 500 meter long shoots that control these better grades and it's really a matter of that we've got you know uh, contour maps of of the grades from the drill holes and it it really starts to be as i said right from surface evident as to where you can expect to, to get some of these better grades and we'll use all of that information to uh to, to target accordingly all right. all right, Greg, thanks so much for the conversation, the high-level discussion on metallurgical test work. <laughs> I know hopefully some people got a lot of value out of that because uh, I think it's a lot of, you know, it's a topic that we just we kind of fly over far too often, to be quite honest with you. I appreciate your time. We'll uh, see you there in Vancouver here. In the next okay, yeah, days. we'll be down at the at the VRIC conference, uh, a bunch of us from the company there over the on the weekend, Sunday and, and Monday. So, yeah, if anybody wants some additional information, our, our booth's 405 there. They can drop by, and, uh, yeah, we can talk more metallurgy. All right. All right. You're going to have to shovel your way out of there, though. I first. might have to. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks. All right, everybody. Uh, that's a wrap here today on Mining Stock Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with the Long Forum episode with John Hathaway. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.